Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio. I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Thanks for joining us today. Our topic on this show is plant health. So that affects every crop out there. And quite frankly, it affects your pastures, uh, any haylands that you have, just everything you're going to raise on the farm. Plant health is tremendously important. So we'll talk about that throughout our show today. If you've got any questions for us, you can certainly call us here, 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743, or send us an email, radio at agphd.com. We're going to get to the Ag PhD mailbag here in just a minute. Before we do, I'll just say a couple words on plant health just to kick things off today. Um, what you do with your soil has a tremendous impact on your overall plant health. It's just like human beings. I I say this all the time. You know, if you get a great night's sleep every single night, you exercise on a regular basis, you eat in moderation, you take your vitamins, I mean, you do all those things, and you know what? Every day, you're probably going to be pretty healthy. Most of the time. Same thing with our plants. If we feed them right, if we have good drainage, if we control the weeds, the insects, the diseases. So, when I say insects, weeds, and diseases, I want you to think of it this way. Think of it exactly like human beings. If you have any health issues at all, you're going to go to the doctor. And one of the things the doctor is most likely going to tell you is, hey, you got to reduce your stress, right? Maybe you have heard that. Uh, I have probably heard that at the doctor as well. Okay, you got to reduce your stress. Well, what's the stress for the plant? I mean, there's nothing you can do to change the sunlight or the heat, or in a lot of cases, the moisture, for our, at least for all of us who are non-irrigated. So we can't change those things, the environmental factors, just like as human beings, we can't change the environmental factors for the most part. But what we can do with plants is we can control the weeds, the insects, the diseases, uh, the nematodes, the, uh, the mites, the, all the other issues that are out there we can do our best as farmers to reduce that stress for the plant. And when we do, we're going to have a healthier plant. So again, we'll talk about plant health throughout the show today. Right now, let's get to the Ag PhD mailbag. It's now mailbag time with Brian and Darren. All right. Got a comment here. This is from Donnie. He said, you've had discussion about no-till. He said, the problem I've got with no-till is that you have to use lots of chemistry and really rely on that. And you also don't have a great way to deal with compaction. That's why I yep. prefer doing some moldboard plowing from time to time. Yeah. I, I mean, there are a lot of different ways to farm. And, you know, the great thing about at least most areas in the United States and Canada, we are free to do what we want and treat the land how we feel it should be treated. And that's probably going to be different than how another farmer feels. All right. Get this one from James in uh, Texas down by Houston. He said, I wanted to try some ag tiling. No one in our area has done it before. I'm wondering a few things. First of all, is there a company that would be a good source of pipe and fittings? Next, my ground. Oh, so there are lots of those. You can just look those up online. Go ahead. Okay. Next, I'm wondering if my, well, my ground for sure can benefit from drainage. Have you ever been witness to a type of soil that underground tile would not work in? No, uh, but I will say this, sometimes it can be cost prohibitive. Prohibitive, For example, I was on the east coast of North Carolina quite a number of years ago. 
on a large farm and they had ditches every, I don't remember how, how many feet. It wasn't very many feet. Every so many feet, they had ditches. And I go, why don't you guys just put tile on the ground? Then you'd be able to farm everything. Right now, you got to avoid all these ditches. My gosh, that's a lot of work. And they said, well, with commodity prices today, we run the numbers and for the amount of tile we'd have to put in, it just simply wouldn't pay because we have so much organic matter in our soil. Our cation exchange capacity is so ridiculously high, the water won't move far. So we'd have to have our tile spacings maybe every 10 to 20 feet, and that would be a tremendous investment. So that that would be the one thing that I would say. Other than that, a lot of people will throw out the argument of, well, I don't have enough slope to drain things. But that is not a, an argument at all because you can create your own slope. You just have the pipe run downhill and then you run it to a lift station. All, all right, right, let's get to the phone lines. We got uh, Brandon calling in from Ohio. Brandon, how are you doing today? Oh, pretty good. How are you doing? Great. What can we do for you? Hey, well, I've got two questions. Uh Burn down on soybeans, pre-plant. Yep. Um, I've been running uh, Sharpen, yep. Authority, Tricor, and Roundup. And I have really clean fields. But I know I've been hearing you guys talk about you don't like Sharpen in front of soybeans. Well, here, how, how, how long until you plant after you do this well, burn down? If I could pull the planter behind the sprayer, I would. That's what I figured. So if you look right on the label with the sharpen and the authority, that, that's off-label. You can't put sharpen together with authority. So you're taking tremendous risk on your bean health. We've worked with farmers who've done that before, and I'm not going to say they killed all their beans, okay, but they so killed bas- a percentage. Basically, this comes back to the PPO chemistry, and there are three main products that we use in beans pre, sharpen, authority, and valor. Pick one of the three, not two. If you're going to put them out in a single app. Now, we do have some folks in the south that are spreading out applications, and they're using one of them a month or so ahead, and then another right. one right after planting. Which I don't understand why they don't just plant the beans right away, but whatever. Anyway, here's the thing, and the reason why we don't recommend sharpen in front of beans, because you can't use enough to leave yourself good residual, which is why you're throwing that authority in. I get that. But you combine those two PPOs, and you're off-label. Nobody's going to stand behind you. You've got great risk for hurting those beans. So that's the reason why we wouldn't do it. Okay. But if I'm I'm not seeing any damage to the beans, <laughs> do you think I'm losing some yield? Yep, I do. Here, here's the thing, too. Darren and I have both been agronomists for about 30 years now, and I can't tell you how many times farmers say those exact words to me after the fact, after they've seen something go wrong, and they go, well, I've done it for the last 10 years, and it's always been fine. Yes, it might be fine for a while, and you might have lucked out and happened to get soybean varieties that were a little more tolerant, and you might have only had a two to five bushel yield loss that you didn't notice, but sooner or later, it's going to hurt you 20 bushels, and that's what we want to help you avoid. Um, Hey, Brandon, we got to take a quick break here. Can you hang on with us, and we'll answer your other question? Yeah, thank you. You bet. Listening to Ag PhD Radio, we're talking today about plant health, but also taking your calls and questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. Stay tuned. Give your corn a strong defense against stress throughout the season with MycoApply Indoprime SC. MycoApply Indoprime SC uses four specially selected species of mycorrhizal fungi to protect your crop against stress. That means more access to water and key micronutrients while building a healthy soil structure for stronger crops for years to come. Stronger corn starts beneath the surface. Learn more about MycoApply Indoprime SC at IndoprimeCorn.com. 
Always read and follow label instructions. It's about time. Applied at Planning, new Zyway 3D fungicide from FMC delivers foliar disease protection from planting to harvest. Active ingredient Flutriophol moves from the soil through the corn as it grows for inside-out protection from roots to tassel. For season-long protection, choose first-of-its-kind Enfuro Zyway 3D fungicide. To learn more, call 815-362-7747 today. Always read and follow all label directions. Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe this spring with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at HeadsUpST.com. Success isn't just about maintaining your operation, how you make out for the season, or how much you can get from each acre. It's about doing precisely what needs to be done to feed your crop and grow your legacy. All the way down to the last drop. Agroliquid Precision Crop Nutrition. Apply less, expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. Brian Hefty here, along with my brother Darren. Today in the show, we are talking about plant health. But before we get back to that, we are going to jump back to the phone lines. We had Brandon calling in from Ohio just before our break. Brandon, thanks for hanging on. Uh, yep. You said you had a couple of questions. What else can we uh, well, can we help well, you with? Um, to get take the sharpen out of the equation, what yep. would you put in place? Okay, so. I'm planting at least beans, and I'd like to plant right away after I spray. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll just tell you what we're doing, because we're using uh, the mix that you're talking about, Authority or Valor, one or the other, uh, Tricor, so that's Metribuzin. Um, I don't know that we'll use Roundup. We'll see, depending on what's up. And we're also going to be throwing Prowl in, most likely. But anyway, uh, then we will add the 2,4-D. Now, if let, let, let me let me just say this as politically correct as I can. Enlist one is the 2,4-D that's labeled over the top in Enlist soybeans. Okay, and it's really good. We like it. Almost zero drift, volatilization, all that stuff. Okay, with normal 2,4-D, let's call it 2,4-D amine. Technically, the label tells you you have to wait seven days before you plant uh, your soybeans. So if you spray within seven days of planting, then technically you are off-label. I will just tell you, if you use that 2,4-D, you are not going to hurt the beans at all. So you do what you want. You can use any form of 2,4-D a week in advance. You're supposed to only use the Enlist 1 um, if you are closer to a week in advance. And so that's what we would throw in instead of the Sharpen, and I think you're going to be real happy. Okay. Uh, second question is burn down on corn. Yep. Um, I've been using atrazine, sharpen, tricor, and roundup. Um, and I know you you said you don't like atrazine pre plant. 
I, the reason why we don't has nothing to do with weed control. It just, it's, we worry about groundwater contamination. And you're in the state of Ohio where the groundwater issue has gotten to be a really big deal. I mean, more for phosphorus and everything else. But I'm just saying, I, I, I would be concerned about throwing the atrazine out there then. We love the Sharpen. That's all great. What we would typically recommend would be Verdict. That allows you to get the Sharpen cheaper and you get Outlook in there. And I would skip the Tricor. So I'm assuming that the Tricor you're talking about is the same one that we know of that's Metribuzin. Metribuzin's fine. Okay, go ahead. I run a I run a lower rate on my corn ground sure. than I do my bean ground. Sure, and you can maybe get by with a well, you can get by with a really really low rate. So I just have typically avoided that because when you start stacking a bunch of things out there that have residual, so now your atrazine, your sharpen, plus your tricor. I just worry about it a little bit. It's not nearly as big as as my concern about your two PPOs in soybeans, but I would worry about it a little bit. So that's something we would not use on our farm. What we would use instead, if we really wanted to get good weed control, I, I mean, what I do for burn down is skip the atrazine, skip the tricor, and we'll use dicamba. So we'll we'll go typically like let's say it's verdict instead of your sharpen but you get the sharpen either way and then we throw some dicamba in there and here again we only throw the roundup in if we feel like we need the roundup if there's grass and some other weeds that roundup is going to kill sometimes we actually do our burn downs early enough that we don't have a lot of weeds up so then we can kind of cut back on the roundup and maybe even the dicamba okay well if you were going to uh, be buying 24d for the beans yep could you use would you be you don't want to do that. It's too hard. No, no, no. It's too hard on the corn. So we've we've had guys that have done that and really hurt their corn, uh, dinged up their stand. So nope, I'm not a proponent of using 2,4-D ever in corn. Seen too many crop injury issues. Dicamba is just as cheap, and then it's much safer. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. You bet. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, lots going on here in the Ag PhD studio. We got emails coming in. We got other questions to get to in the Ag PhD mailbag. We want to get to our, our main topic here of plant health. We're real happy to have Drake Copeland with us with FMC. Drake, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. All right. When you think about this, I, I look at a lot of different fungicides that are out there on the market, and I think it's important to understand how those products are working and moving in the plant because there's a lot of difference between fungicides that are out there. Can you talk to us a little bit? I know you've got some key fungicides on the market today, and, and where do you see some differences, and in, in how does that show up? Yeah, I think uh, for the most part, the, the fungicide market consists of three modes of action. Uh, your triazole chemistries, your group threes, your group sevens, and then your group 11. So the SDHIs and then your strobies. And within that, you're going to have different active ingredients, obviously, but they're going to have different fizz chem properties. So there may be some that have longer half-lives, and there may be some that are more mobile in the plant. And with FMC, we've, we've got the active ingredient flutrifol, which is our group three. And from a Fizz chem standpoint, it, it tends to have the longest half-life and it moves very well in um, the cropping system. So uh, just 
differences there to look at whenever you're picking your fungicide. Now, when you think about plant health, one of the things Brian was talking about earlier is how much stress I put him under, and you never know when the stress is going to happen for that crop. It's not quite as predictable as a 2 o'clock central time radio show where he knows he's got an hour of stress coming up. So how do you do that with the crop? Do you try to hit it early in the season, or do you wait more for the reproductive times? Yeah, you know, you never want the plant to have a to a bad day. We know there's there's university research, uh, you know, manufacturer research for years that says you know the best you know return on investment timing for uh, fungicide application. I'm talking in corn would be that VTR one timing, and then soybeans. We've we've noticed that R three timing is very popular. Um, but there is some um, other manufacturers who have uh, documented that they can. Um, reduce some hormone uh, production and actually see a difference in the way that the plant responds to a stress. Uh, but I think it goes with, I mean, if the plant is healthy, if we have healthier plants out there in general, um, they're going to be able to control that stress um, within the canopy, having a cooler temperature. There's a lot of things that, that goes on. It gets pretty complex. Uh, but there's, there's products out there that can help us uh, with those stresses. All right. I would say the fungicide I'm getting the most questions on over the last few months has been Zyway. Can you talk to us a little bit about Zyway, Drake? Is that is plant health part of the picture there too, or is it mainly a disease control play? Yeah, we're uh, learning more and more about that. That's a that's a concept we've looked at for the past four years. Um, it's really been big in the past in in the southern U.S. in cotton and then the tree, fruit, and veggie industry through soil applications, but now we're, we've been looking at it in corn for now four years. And, and yes, we're, we're seeing the disease control component specifically on, you know, diseases we encounter every year, like gray leaf spot and northern corn leaf blight. But there's also some plant, you know, healthier plant attributes that we're seeing when we see, when we look at root mass, um, stalk integrity, um, seeing some suppression of stalk diseases. But we're still continuing to learn the other things that are going on in the plant. And uh, those are ongoing projects that we have going within FMC and uh, look forward to figuring out, you know, the other things that we can get with that way. Well, when you think about that, when you're putting something on at planting time, does that have, first of all, does that have to be in furrow or can it also be like in a two by two? So, yes, we're going to have uh, both the in furrow application and then two by two, which, you know, there's a lot of, uh, manufacturers that make the equipment to do two by two, but you'll read on the label within three inches of that uh, seed furrow. Uh, but the main thing is having it two inches into the soil so the roots are able to take it up. All right. And then here's the other thing. And we started off talking about mobility in the plant. And that's one of the questions that we've been getting is, all right, we hear about this new Zyway that we could put on at planting time in corn. How much mobility will it have and how long will it actually be performing in the plant? That's a great question. So we've seen, you know, you know, 110 days after planting. So the corn's near maturity we've seen the the effects of having zyway from a disease control standpoint uh similar to what a foliar fungicide would do um, but i actually um work with michigan state university and we actually went out in the field and, and partitioned uh treated plants you know going from the roots the stalk and then each leaf up the plant and found flu trifall all throughout the plant at the end of the year wow um and the timing that we did it was around the r4 growth stage so you that, think that is a huge pretty- corn plant that's that's amazing from a planting time application we'll talk more about plant health coming up right after this stay tuned
As a little girl, I always wanted to run the combine because it meant I was helping dad. And dad always said, farmers are helpers. I'm teaching that to my daughters, that farmers help our family, our neighbors, and our community. It's what I do at work. I help farmers get the equipment they need. My name is Kim. I'm a farmer, and I work for Case IH. Case IH. Built by farmers. Give your corn a strong defense against stress throughout the season with MycoApply Indoprime SC. MycoApply Indoprime SC uses four specially selected species of mycorrhizal fungi to protect your crop against stress. That means more access to water and key micronutrients while building a healthy soil structure for stronger crops for years to come. Stronger corn starts beneath the surface. Learn more about MycoApply Indoprime SC at IndoprimeCorn.com. Always read and follow label instructions. It's not about how quickly you come out of the gate with nitrogen fertilizer, but how strong you finish the race. High Striker uses patent-pending chemistry to stabilize your nitrogen in a form that lasts longer in your crop's root zone. Because for high yields, your nitrogen must last longer, so you can finish the season stronger. Visit agrotechusa.com to learn why so many growers are going the distance with High Striker-treated nitrogen. Revitech fungicide from BASF has been specifically developed for the selective soybean grower who doesn't compromise. If you think good is good enough, if you're okay with just achieving rather than overachieving, if average is your goal, this is not the fungicide for you. Revitech fungicide, brand new chemistry, three no excuse modes of action, zero modes of compromise. Sounds like the fungicide for you. Revitech fungicide from BASF, that's smart. Always read and follow label directions. You deserve to have a building that will last for generations. With more than 110 years of experience and thousands of satisfied customers, Morton Buildings is the industry leader you can trust. Unlike other construction companies, you work with Morton Buildings craftsmen. From conception to completion, there's no better time to buy. Lock in your new building for 2020 today. Contact your local Morton sales office or visit mortonbuildings.com. Each year brings new and unique challenges to farming, and your operation needs to constantly adapt to meet them. That's why at AgBiome, we're working every day to bring you new and better solutions, microbial-based solutions that protect your crop and help it reach its full potential. To learn more about how we're doing it, visit agbiome.com. That's A-G-B-I-O-M-E.com. AgBiome, feeding the world responsibly, partnering with microbes for human benefit. listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. We're talking about plant health, and we've got Ron Geis with us right now with Corteva. Ron, thanks for joining us. You bet. How you doing, Darren? Good, good. All right, you got some exciting products, too, when we think about plant health, and, and this is certainly something that doesn't just pertain to corn or to soybeans. When you start this discussion of plant health, where, where do you like to begin? Well, plant health, it's, it's an interesting thing because... We had always thought of foliar fungicides uh, as being for disease control and only disease control, and that's what you think about. That's what you talk about. And, of course, that's still the main reason why you're using a foliar fungicide. But if you, and this was maybe before your time, Darren, but back in the 80s, we had some 
foliar fungicides that we noticed were producing bigger soybeans, and even in the absence of diseases. Now, those products are no longer on the market, but uh, the notion and the concept of plant health um, kind of started back then, and it's continued to escalate. Once the strobilurin fungicide started to come onto the market, and there was actually documented plant health benefits um, above and beyond when you look at bigger roots, bigger shoots, bigger leaves, uh, you know, there's something else going on there that gives us healthier plants, even in the absence of, of diseases, and that was coming from the, from the fungicide itself. Yeah, that is that is pretty cool, and uh, I was around back in the '80s. Maybe, okay. maybe not doing a radio show then or anything like that, Ron. But Brandon and I were probably out uh, walking some of those soybean fields at that time, All right. at least for part of it, anyway. Uh, okay, so when we think about that, you mentioned even when we don't have disease. And I think that's a, an important point here because we do talk to farmers that say, well, I just don't have any disease problems in my area. And it may not be a bad enough problem that you notice. So there could be a low level of disease, but there also might not be any at all. E- even in those cases, you're looking at potentially a fungicide providing some plant health benefits. The specific timings, is it the same VT to R1 in corn, R2, R3 in soybeans that we've been hearing about? Is that when you would try and hit that? Yeah, that's generally the the best timing in both corn and soybeans, uh, Darren. But I would almost kind of temper that a little bit if weather conditions are such that they look like they're going to turn unfavorable or, you know, from a disease standpoint – Let's say VT, it's warm and dry, but uh, boy, it looks like it's going to get uh, really start getting uh, wet two or, two or three weeks from now. Well, then I might even hold off just a little bit, uh, getting a little closer to when a more likely assured um, disease climate is there and maybe time that a little bit. But otherwise, you know, things just seem to be a normal season for us, VTR1 in corn, uh, R2, R3, and soybeans, uh, that still seems to be the peak of the gain that you see from the foliar fungicide from a plant health standpoint. I'd like to cite, you know, a, uh, an eight-year study that Iowa State did, and this was, oh gosh, I think they started about 2008 and went through whatever that be, 13 or so, 2013, where they used foliar fungicides, uh, in some of those years we had diseases and some we didn't, but it paid every single year, a foliar strobular and paid every year. That was in Northwest Iowa. Now they had other stations. They didn't get that kind of result, but certainly on soybeans at that stage in Northwest Iowa, eight for eight was pretty good payoff. Yeah. And I know for our farm too, when we really got into this, we had a huge gain. I think the first year that we really did much for trial work on on using the strobes in our soybeans. And we we thought at that point, wow, we just paid for the strobe for the next, I don't even know how many years, quite a few years that we wouldn't have to have a gain every year that, that yeah, some years might be bigger than others, but boy, when it hits, it can really be a big deal when you have a stressful year. Well, that's right. And it's a little bit, we might even say like insurance, but uh, you know, if we're in a non-disease environment, Maybe that's a year that a straight strobilurin uh, would make more sense. If we're in a more heavy disease environment, then um, maybe use more combinations in that uh, situation. Uh, we offer products in both of those, and 
we might mix and match depending on what the disease environment looks like for the season. Yeah, and I think that's a good point uh, and, and a good point to end on, too. When we think about these fungicides, a lot of growers still just classified as, well, I used a fungicide, not understanding there are some big differences between products and certainly between chemical families, as we were talking about a little earlier in the show. Talking with Ron Geis with Corteva down in Iowa. Ron, thank you so much. Really appreciate the information today, and good luck to you here heading into the spring. You bet. Thank you, Darren. Yeah, I'm optimistic. I say heading into spring. That's that's true because it has been a little bit of a mild winter. I realize we got a little bit of winter to go, but it's going fast. I really like that. Uh, let's head over to Minnesota. Get Jason Snell with us with Syngenta. Jason, how are you today? I'm doing very good. How are you? Pretty good. All right. We were talking a little bit about the Strabillion family with, with Ron Geis and I was thinking about some of the SDHIs, and I just had a conversation with an agronomist yesterday, and he was talking about Miravis, and he'd had really good luck with the Miravis product and still had some growers using Trivapro, and he said, yep, they like that SDHI in there. And I said, well, just be to be clear, there's different SDHIs in each one of these products. Yeah, absolutely. So the Trevor Pro has been on the market for, I think, four or five years now, and that SDHI in that is Solatinol, and we're very impressed with it. Uh, right out of the gate, we had a very strong showing, uh, really good, uh, long-lasting performance out of out of the Solatinol molecule in Trevor Pro. And then when we launched uh, Miravis Neal uh, with Adepidin, that's the SDHI in that, uh, paired with a Strobular and the Triazole of Propiconazole, uh, again, the same Strobular and, and tries all that are in, in uh, Triberpro, but this time paired with a different SDHI. We saw very good performance across a different spectrum of diseases, but the plant health was maybe even a little bit stronger than we saw, what we were very impressed with in Triberpro. That, that was one of the questions that I've got about that because it did seem, just from growers, now granted there's a lot of variance from farm to farm, but it seemed like we had more call like that of, hey, it seemed like the plant health was even better. What's, what's so different with some of these fungicides? Why do some impact plant health more than others? Yeah, that's a good question. And uh, we've done some studies on where that where that molecule resides once it enters the plant. And we've seen a, with adeptin specifically, a strong reservoir built up in that leaf tissue um, that sticks around for quite a while. And it's right where you need it, right where the disease can enter, but also where the plant can be most most easily observed. And we really see it in a, almost a color change many times, uh, very apparent on soybeans, but also on corn, where you see a, just a nice, deep, dark richening of the green color, uh, usually within less than a week after application. Um, and it, obviously you can't take color change to the bank, but uh, in the end of the year, we've seen very nice yield performance as well, uh, indicated early on with that color change and that plant health increase. Interesting. Yeah, as we're looking at this, it's neat because that particular molecule is getting put on a lot of different crops, whether, I mean, there's different Miravis combinations out there. Did you notice anything different in wheat, for example, than, than you're noticing in corn or in soybeans? Yeah, so our product in wheat is Miravis Ace. Uh, so that has the adeptin molecule we spoke of earlier, along with propicons, also no strobe in this in this application. And that's really because its timing is around that head timing uh, for a fusarium head blight. So the strobes can be counterproductive in that endeavor. And with what we've seen with the Miravis Ace for a fusarium head blight on wheat and barley and other small grains, very strong uh, color change again as well. But we see it 
more evidently when it ripens. It ripens more quickly um, after application as opposed to soybeans or corn where we're putting on maybe a month or two months before we actually harvest the crop. Uh, in wheat, you know, you're about a, a two to three weeks after that application, you may be harvesting that. And we see a really nice golden color. Uh, and that's really coming back to the plant health, but also the disease control from both the propiconazole and the adepinant on that flag leaf, keeping it nice and, and clean and letting it uh, senesce on its own um, and produce as much grain as it can all the way to the end of its uh, ripening. Yeah, there's definitely some differences happening out in fields. And, and we notice that a lot with various crops where growers say, you know, I hung on, I waited for that last rain. We just had so much more stress tolerance and plant health out there with applications of certain fungicides at the right timing. Talking with Jason Snell with Syngenta. Jason, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Thanks for having me, Darren. Have a good day. You bet. You, t- you as well. We're talking about plant health on today's Ag PhD radio show. Stay tuned. You need a powerful herbicide to fight the war on weeds. Bellum is Rotam North America's mesotrion herbicide, and it fights against the annual broadleaf weeds attacking your cornfields. Winning this battle means higher yields, lower cost to you, and maximized profitability. For long-lasting residual weed control, check out Evinco Vilify and our newest mix, Rixa. For application, flexibility, and season-long control, that's Evinco Vilify and Rixa, powered by Bellum. For more information, visit bellumherbicide.com. That's B-E-L-L-U-M herbicide.com. No matter what time of the year it is on your farm, with the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, earning and redeeming rewards are always in season. Because when you buy two or more eligible seed or crop protection products throughout the year, you earn $3 per acre in cashback rewards. Cash you can redeem and reinvest in your farm later in the season. That's Bayer Plus Rewards, and that's how we're helping make every part of your season, well, rewarding. Visit MyBayerPlus.com to learn more. See program terms and conditions for full details. Success isn't just about maintaining your operation, how you make out for the season, or how much you can get from each acre. It's about doing precisely what needs to be done to feed your crop and grow your legacy, all the way down to the last drop. AgroLiquid Precision Crop Nutrition. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. We now bring you an important news bulletin. This just in from Live Action News. Innovation has come to the world of burndown. New Elevore herbicide controls your toughest weeds, even glyphosate and ALS-resistant weeds like mare's tail and henbit. Talk with your retailer about Elevore herbicide today and ask how you can start elevating your burndown. When it comes to leading herbicide formulations, you know New Farm. New Farm brings you Cheetah, a high-quality glufosinate herbicide made right here in the USA. Now for use on a wide variety of crops with glufosinate-resistant traits, including Enlist crops. Its novel mode of action will manage existing or emerging herbicide resistance and provide fast, effective results. This means you can focus more on profitability and less on weeds. New Farm and Cheetah Herbicide, here to help. Pentair Hypro Ultra Low Drift Nozzles are your ideal choice for the Enlist E3 herbicide system. With coverage comparable to flat fans and with 90% less drift, ULD nozzles meet all required standards for Enlist applications and provide optimal performance of contact herbicides. Learn more at pentair.com hypro. 
Start your crop off right with the Germinator Closing Wheel from Farm Shop MFG. Our spike design excels on variable soils and shatters compaction. Plus, the unique shoulder firmer encases a seed to maximize seed-to-soil contact. Order yours at farmshopmfg.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Our phone lines are open throughout the show today at 844-44-AG-PHD. You can also send us an email, radio at agphd.com. We got a note as we were talking about the 80s there from our friend Wayne up in North Dakota. He said, I also remember the 80s. I'm wondering, a question for you, when you're talking about plant health, will a healthy soybean mature earlier or mature later than a non-healthy bean? I could go both ways. I, I, I think it's when it is healthy or when it is unhealthy because we've seen well, certain diseases extend the maturity but uh, and we've also seen where hey better fertility better plant health extends the maturity keeps the stems greener longer but we've also seen premature death uh, from certain things so i i, I don't yeah, know so for i mean an, i for could example, go both iron ways. deficiency chlorosis if you've got a spot in your field a lot of times the beans yellow up they look like they're going to die hopefully they don't but then they green back up and yep. now when it comes to harvest time you still have a green spot on yes. your field as the beans are still trying to make it so sometimes it can go that way on you I, I think that normally when you're healthier you're going to live a little bit longer you should and it does seem to extend that maturity just a little bit right and that's that's that strobulurin or strobilurin piece in the equation. And so we're seeing some fungicides go to SDHI plus triazole to try to give you a good disease spectrum without keeping that plant greener longer. So I, I don't know. I, if you want this in every case, and I know where Wayne's at, he's a long ways north. Right by the and, Canadian border. And kind of worried about will that delay maturity and that cause me some problems. I don't know that it's going to delay it that much longer, but but nope. it could be a few days. Yeah, and the problem is with soybeans. We were talking about this a little bit on the show yesterday. Soybeans don't mature based on heat like corn does. Soybeans mature based on day length. And so usually... Or based on frost. Exactly. <laughs> like what Wayne's exactly. getting at here. We don't so, want him to get frosted out. Right. So sometimes what I, where I'm going with this is with corn, it can be early, but because you had so much heat, you're just done. Whereas soybeans, they kind of finish at about the same time every year. Well, if you happen to get an early frost in any given year and you decided to push maturity a little bit with your soybeans, now you have green beans and that is not a good thing. So... Yeah, it's always a guessing game. There's a little bit of trial and error in it. Certainly some luck is going to be involved. If you happen to get a a long or I should say a late frost year versus an early frost year, we would just tell you, you know, try to play the averages. Try not to get too crazy going with a long day bean up there and be a, a little careful with what you're doing with the things that could potentially extend the length of that um, or, or the time when that, that plant is going to mature. But for a lot of these fungicides, yeah, they might extend it just a little bit, but it's no big deal. What we see more than anything that people don't like is just because of the green stems, uh, it, it's harder to combine. The beans are still fit either way, but it's the harder combining that a lot of people don't like. Now, up where you're at, if you were in northern North Dakota to get a frost then, it might not be so bad. If the beans are already mature and done, and now that kills off the green stems, great. But if you get a year where there's no frost uh, or late frost, then you're trying to harvest through green stems. And like I say, it's not a lot of fun, slows things up. 
All right, let's get back to the phone lines here. We got John Adams with us with AgriLiquid. And John, Brian made the comment just before about having good levels of fertility certainly can help, and having the right balance of fertility can certainly help. And that seems to be tricky, especially if you've got some soils that are a little tight or, or have some excesses out there that we're dealing with. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. I mean, knowing what's underneath your plant is uh, that uh, definitely helps us out as to how to make a system to to benefit that plant and build that system up and and get it healthy. So everyone is or every field could potentially be different. <laughs> you know, when you think about fertility, a lot of it comes down to what's going to be available for that plant at the right time. And I know with AgriLiquid, that's one of the things that you work on is is having products that can avoid some of that tie up and, and get right into the plant. When you think about that starter type application, getting that plant off to a good start, I always look at it like livestock. And we grew up raising calves and raising little baby pigs. And man, if you got behind early in the season, it was always tough to catch up. And I find the same with plants. Do you see the same thing? It, exactly. Yes. It's uh, uh, we see that with plants, and or if we luxury consume early, we we drive vegetative in, instead of reproductive. And so, we I look at some of our products that are slow release, like our progerminator. It's kind of like that bale bale stack analogy. We're not feeding that whole bale stack in the fall. We're 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 putting a fence around it, or we're taking one at a time, and. And that's really what we're trying to accomplish with um, with plants. So so we don't have a bad day out there. We can maintain and and have full nutrition for the season. So we can get the maximum opportunity out there. So. You know, as as we look at the growing season, there's going to be some stressful times throughout, no doubt. But obviously, reproductive stages, there's definitely going to be some stress. So you can have the perfect growing season, but man, that plant's really got to work when you get there. When you look at some of the crops that you're working with up in Western Canada, what do you see as far as, as timing and some of the foliar things that could be something a grower looks at this year? Right. Uh, looking at reproductive, if we look at the nutrient uptake, uptake charts, that is our peak uh, early flowering, early reproductive is our peak uptake per day and so having nutrients available at that time or I mean partnering with a fungicide you know giving spreading out some of your fertility package to drive reproduction for uh, grain crops it's it, it we've seen some great results from that and you can you can do that and, and how we measure that is uh, um, we've got better tools of plant sap analysis and such like that of Okay, where's this plant at? Where are we where are we going to miss the mark here? Where are we missing opportunity? You know, when we think about the fertility side too, in dry land environments, this can be a challenge. And I know for our farm, we're always trying to time things out on the early side, so we have a little bit more forgiveness. Do you have any guidelines for us on that? Are you just doing the same thing, watching for well, when's the rain potentially going to come, and let's try and get it out there ahead of that? Sure. Well, I I look at it. Let's let's go with a good base, right? We we got to start with something. Um, you know, quite often we look at you know your previous three years of production and okay, let's if we get the rains, we can increase that. And but we need to go with a base. Let's so start with a base. Maybe it's ninety percent of normal. If if we've got the rains, if we got moisture coming, 
well, how do we address that? So it's a bit of a two-part approach, um, so we're not fully invested um, day one. Yeah, spreading the risk a little bit is is just super important. And I, I know we always talk about it, but when it comes to farming, you, you just don't want to make big mistakes. And if we have staged fertility, like you mentioned, you, you split things up a little bit. Uh, the other thing is having controlled release type products. And I know like the Pro Germinator product, for example, yep. has really changed things for us where we're seeing more phosphorus availability really lasting longer into the season. That That's been what we've noticed what what have you seen well what we've seen some potato research we had this year we saw the uh, we saw a more even set and and that just makes sense based on a a slower release protected product um we we saw that which which created value uh to to the grower back because the processor puts value on that so I mean, and then going back to plant health side, you know, if we have a, a fuller season phosphate on potatoes, then we're going to um, we're going to be less susceptible to late blight. You know, drops of later season phosphate in potatoes um, results in late blight coming in. So, I mean, to wrap the discussion around plant health, it uh, if we can maintain nutrition to that plant and to that system, kind of like us, we can. We can fend off disease better. We can produce better. We can have better input, and it's the same. The same with plants. We're talking with John Adams with AgroLiquid up in Canada. John, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on today, and good luck here heading into the next season. Yeah, you guys too. Take care. You bet. Talking about plant health on our program today, also taking your calls and agronomic questions. And believe me, we've gotten a number of questions that have been coming in. We're going to dive into the Ag PhD mailbag when we get back, so stay tuned. A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete Fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher, even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit delarocomplete.us today. I need the solve without the cell. With NK Seeds, I get people I trust who show me where their hybrids and varieties fit in my field without the heavy cell. So I get solutions that solve my problems from a partner who knows that success matters. Find your solve at nkseeds.com. Fill once, plant all day. The Thrive 3D application system from FMC is a revolutionary in-furrow crop protection platform that plants up to 480 acres between refills. The Thrive 3D application system mounts to most major planter brands and can be yours at no cost with the FMC Freedom Pass program. To learn more, call 815-362-7747 today. Always read and follow all label directions. You're all set with the 4x4 turbo diesel truck. 
How about some options? Spray and bed liner? Absolutely. Tailgate step and nerf bars? Gotta have them. Tie down hooks and stainless steel toolbox? You know it. Tinted windows? Of course. Options are good. That's as true in the field as it is with your pickup. In addition to taking care of tough weeds, new Open Sky herbicide gives you more rotational choices than ever before and an easy-to-handle formulation. <laughs> Gooseneck toe package? Yep. Discover more Open Sky details at openskyherbicide.com. Want to cut production costs without losing yield? Brian Ryberg from Buffalo Lake, Minnesota has done just that. Here's his story. We began using a soil warrior in our farm the fall of 2014. We've seen many benefits from better water infiltration, a lot less hours on equipment, fuel, able to reduce our fertilizer side, so it's really simplified our operation. See what makes Soil Warrior different and better at SoilWarrior.com. Wherever you go, whatever you're doing, whenever you want. Farm your way with Case IH AFS Connect. Now you can farm, share data, and manage your fleet however, whenever, and wherever you want. Learn more at caseih.com slash farmyourway. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Our phone lines are open throughout the show today at 844 844- 44 ag phd and that's exactly what john in southeast minnesota did he gave us a call john how are you doing today uh very well yourself well pretty good i hear you want to talk about manure i do i had actually called your show last year um the situation is i'm worried about stratus uh, stratification with the p and k the top layer up until last fall we always injected it either with the tor posed it on so it got down in the ground a little bit and last fall we went a different route we spread it on top and then went out there with and the reason we spread it on top is not only do we save on fuel um, we also save instead of a penny penny and a third a gallon it's a penny a gallon so we save an application cost so then we go out there with i guess you'd call it a submulture it's got discs on the front uh parabolic knives in the center basically a subsoiler knife and then discs on the back also so we get it mixed in quite well but i'm wondering if we keep doing this year after year are we going to have a stratification problem you might how, d- how deep you going inches? how deep you going with your tillage well the knives are going down about 18 to 20 inches but the discs only go down about three sure you know just to mix it in yeah yep so the only way to know for sure is you just have to run different uh, different tests, and you don't you could you'd only need to do it in a few spots. Just do like a zero to three inch, three to six, six to nine, nine to twelve, and you'll see kind of where it's ending up. And worst case scenario, if you are ending up with a stratification issue, you just take one year and you moldboard plow, or one year and do something else to really stir things up, and then you should be good again for quite a while. Yeah, we're thinking if we just run out there every other year with maybe a chisel plow that do a little more mixing i'm assuming yep yep uh, that would help some so yep. 
Yep, it would. Yeah, we do that occasionally in our farm too. But like I say, if it gets real bad, <laughs> you can always pull out the old moldboard plow if you happen to have one around anymore, and that'll take no, care no. of a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I know. But, uh, I mean, most people don't anymore. But I, I'm just saying there are ways to get out of that situation. But, no, I totally understand yeah. what you're trying to accomplish, why you're doing it. It's just, I mean, we always have to be thinking about that with those immobile nutrients in the soil like P and K. And not to mention that, I mean, there are other ones like zinc and copper as well. So getting it mixed in the soil as, as good as you can really helps. And then it also helps reduce in terms of the, any of the environmental concerns. So I'll just tell you, when we start talking about manure, and especially when it's a liquid manure, uh, and you have the opportunity to inject it real deep, that can be pretty beneficial because if you're getting phosphorus levels where it's you're starting to bump up against government limits, well, the government limits are in the top six inches. They are not in the six to 24 inch profile. So that is one way around that a little bit, and it's perfectly safe. There's nothing wrong with that because the phosphorus that we lose that gets in groundwater is not coming from leaching. It's coming from soil erosion. So the more you can keep the phosphorus off the soil surface, the better chance we have to keep the phosphorus in the field. Okay. Yeah, but part of the reason we went to on top is the when they put it on with the tanks, it was so aggressive that we left like a super aggressive chisel plowing. We had to go over it twice in the spring to get it leveled off. And this way we can just go over it one time and plant. But Yeah. So. Yep, I totally get it. I, I, I mean, I'll just tell you, like on our farm, we just, I think it was yesterday or no, no, two days ago, we had a discussion with this, uh, this large dairy that's going in right next to us. A small dairy got bought out. Now it's going to be large dairy. And we're looking at putting in some permanent pipe to some of our fields because obviously they're going to have a tremendous amount of manure and we own a lot of the ground right around them. So, you know, then we can inject it and hopefully we're going to go deep. So that's one of the things I talked to him about because I'm thinking about a 20-year plan, not just a five-year plan because it's kind of like for you. I mean, once you get the stuff down in the ground, you do this one tillage pass or whatever, hopefully you're in good shape for a few years. But yeah, I'm thinking about the long term on this thing. And if they've got all this manure that we're going to need to take, we got to figure out how, how we can do that environmentally correct. And also, by the same token, we're after yield. And when you look at some of the highest yielding guys in the world who have had heavy soils, not the guys with light soils, but the guys with heavy soils, you'll see that their soil profile is really built up in that 6 to 12 inches and even in that 12 to 24 inches. So I'm just trying to say they put some of those, those nutrients down deep in the ground. Well, that makes your crop a lot more drought tolerant. It really helps you produce more out of the ground you have because you're, you're leading those roots down deeper in the soil where there's more moisture in a lot of years. Okay. And putting, putting pipe in like you're talking about, I had a neighbor who did that. It works fantastic for him. It's a very good plan for them. Yeah, it, it's great. It's just it costs some money up front, <laughs> so that that's uh, that. you can't take it. You can't take it with you. <laughs> <laughs> yep, but we would like it to pay for us. So anyway, yeah, I know that's when it was a smaller dairy and we could only get a little bit of manure every year. It was no big deal. But now when they they really need the ground, it's that that permanent pipe is is just such a good way to go. So you don't have to worry about trying to drag the hose and everything else and we can be efficient we can get a lot more to the end and everything so no i'm excited about it well hey john thanks for the call today and best of luck to you yeah good luck thank you yep thanks 
Hey, Brian, got a question from Craig in Wisconsin. He said, our soils are pretty heavy. We're rotating our ground with corn, beans, oats, and winter wheat. Wondering what you would suggest for seed treatments for the oats and winter wheat and any new suggestions for post-emerge herbicide or fungicide on oats. Okay. Seed treatment, the, a lot of those same products are labeled yeah. for oats and weeds. So. Yeah, absolutely. And we would just tell you, use multiple fungicides. Uh, there is a new insecticide that just got labeled. Taraxa. Thank you. Taraxa from BASF. BASF. And that's a great wireworm product. So for wheat, that would be something you could use. I don't believe it's labeled for oats yet, right? I don't know about the oats. Uh, that's a good question. It's just getting labeled. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, so I'm sure it's not even labeled in your state quite yet, but it should be by spring. But anyway, the point is there's not not, not much new in terms of seed treatments. We do suggest using a, an insecticide, but this insecticide could be thrown on top of that to take care of wireworms because it will kill wireworms. It's way more effective than anything else we've ever had. So we're excited about that. But yeah, use multiple fungicides. You should be in pretty good shape. Uh as far as Herb- herbicides. Herbicide. Yes, herbicides. I, I would just say Callisto is about, or the generic mesotrions, that's about the only thing that's really new. Otherwise, you're looking at all the old stuff, Bucktril, Stinger, the MCPs, stuff like that. So, yeah, Callisto is, or the generics, they're really inexpensive, very effective. We've used that on our oats, works great. Sometimes it'll whiten up the plants a little bit. So if you get out there earlier or even pre-plant, that, that will be a little bit safer on the oats. Fungicides for oats, there are a few that are labeled like Preax or Stratego, similar to what would be on wheat. Just a few more are labeled on wheat than are on oats. But yeah, we're we're big fans of fungicides in small grains because when you think about any small grain crop you're seeding it thick it's big early in the season you're trapping lots of moisture in there i mean it is just you're ripe for disease and then let's face it the breeding on oats and even winter wheat is not the same as the breeding on corn and soybeans there are so many billions of dollars more that are invested into the corn and soybean breeding programs so that's part of the reason why we have better disease tolerance in a lot of those crops but yeah, we just encourage you at least be trying some some fungicides in oats and wheat. I think you're going to have pretty good success, especially with where commodity prices are now. Uh, the odds are these things are going to pay a lot better than they have in the past, especially considering fungicide prices this year are down. All right. Thanks for the questions. We really appreciate that. Got this one uh, from India from HS who said, I just wanted to let you know, you guys were talking about metribuzin. We are also using metribuzin in our wheat crops here. Is that being done in your area too? No, it's too hard on the wheat. There are a lot of things that are done, unfortunately, though, in in other countries because they don't have well, all even, the options. Even we do. here, even here, Brian, because sure. if it's something that used to be done, well, I just haven't changed because yep. that's what my normal program is. And we do feel like, hey, you got to use what options you can because guess what? We can ding the wheat just a little bit. If there's nothing else to kill certain weeds, right. weeds are really going to crush your yield. Exactly. So it's worth giving up a bushel or two uh, to, to some stress to take out a weed that could take 20 or 30 bushels away. But when you look at it and you say, man, I got other choices now that could also kill the weed. That's where I would be looking. And there are a number of different things. It might be bromoxanil in your area. Uh, there's just a number of different products based around that. Could even just be uh, 
boy, some stinger or starane. There, there's a lot of different active ingredients. Like I said, do a little research on that. And then, of course, you have to see what's labeled for use in your country. Hey, thanks for the feedback, though. And thanks for checking out our show. We do really appreciate that. If you've got other questions, we'd be happy to take those. Thanks for listening to our program today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.